0: Love Talk Radio. I hate you both. I've hated you ever since I can remember. I hate you, and I wish you both had cancer. Cancer? Yes, in the head. I'm as
1: tired as hell, and
2: I'm not going to take this anymore. You put the time machine out of a DeLorean.
0: This is the stupid cancer show.
1: That's hot. Hello there, children. Hey, hey, kids. (laughs) People seem to like me because I am polite and I'm rarely late
0: And now the host of the Stupid Cancer Show Matthew Zachary
3: Monday, June 28th And welcome back to the Stupid Cancer Show The voice of young adults with cancer Got cancer under 40? Sucks, huh? Well, get busy living because the Stupid Cancer Show is here to change the world one chemo infusion at a time. Tonight's show features the Blog Talk Radio network itself, on which we broadcast this show. In our Survivor Spotlight, young adult survivor Shannon Digi Kramer, who is the Director of Customer Relations and Operations at Blog Talk Radio, and Alan Levy, who is the founder and CEO of Blog Talk Radio and Cinchcast.com. As a reminder, this broadcast is a program of the I Am Too Young for This Cancer Foundation, who would like to thank our major sponsors for making the show possible every single Monday. Sponsors like Spencer's Gifts, Azi, Genentech, and Lilly Oncology. On the web at I2Y, we help young adults fight cancer every single day. And we're bringing the cause of cancer under 40 to the national spotlight where it belongs because our generation deserves better. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to yet another fun-filled and exciting romp through the hay on tonight's Stupid Cancer Show, where remission is not a cure and survivorship is all that matters. And a Stupid Cancer welcome to any and all of our first-time listeners here on tonight's show on the Blog Talk Radio Network, coming at you live from the Chemo Deck, our fabulous studio in downtown Manhattan. I am Matthew Zachary a 14-year young adult survivor of pediatric brain cancer. Joining me now, please welcome my official partner in crime here on the Stupid Cancer Show, hailing from right here in New York City a 15-year young adult breast cancer survivor, acclaimed journalist, former deputy editor of TV Guide, and former entertainment news correspondent for the Fox News Channel, the lovely, gorgeous, and talented Lisa Bernhardt.
0: I got an extra gorgeous
3: yeah. I don't, know, I
0: don't know what I did to deserve
3: that. Um, I don't know. I probably should have been saying it this whole time.
0: <laughs> Boy, well, Matthew, I'm just schwitzing like everybody else in this heat right now.
3: Yes, yes, you are.
0: It's a hot one. This is well, a great show.
3: Well, I we have something to make you feel really bad about before I introduce Jack. Excellent. Um Typically, the the radio studio here is there's it's 90 degrees in this room on Monday nights because they shut the air from the building in our little. Stand-alone air conditioning unit it doesn't really do its job. It's, it's perfect here tonight. Oh. See, so had you come in, you'd be less schwitzerized.
0: <laughs> yes. I'm in the outpost. Yes. I'm in the secret stupid cancer bunker.
3: Are you with Dick Cheney, who had his 19th heart attack? <laughs>
0: um, negative.
3: Okay, good, good, good. so yes. I, I'd have to cut you off like Hannity would.
0: Negative. My old my old colleague,
3: Hannity. Yes, exactly, exactly. Speaking of my old colleague, he's not yet my old colleague, but our chief cancer anarchist uh, and vice president of grassroots
1: programming is here, Jack Bufard. Am I being fired? Around? Is this my last show? This is your last show. You're like my soon-to-be former or my soon-to-be old colleague. Exactly. Anyway, he's
3: how streaming. are you? And anyway, Jack's going to be monitoring our live concurrent interactive chat room, so if you have any questions for our guests, please send them his way. There's a chance he might listen and actually get them answered. So that's good stuff. And, as always, our fabulous broadcast production assistant is here, young adult survivor Amanda Freeman. Hello, darling.
1: Hello. Well, Jack, because I can't see you. You can't see me? There we go. Yeah, you have to do the Lisa. Because you're staring at me. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Jack's enormous head, and I do mean that literally, figuratively, in every sense of the word, is always in the way.
1: Yes, it is. It is full of
3: knowledge. Oh, my goodness. What... I missed the cue.
1: Dude, I totally set you up for or full of something else.
3: Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I have no idea. We have a, 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 a repeat offender in-studio guest tonight. Karima Batts is joining us once again. Hi, everybody. Hi, Karima. How are you?
0: I'm doing really good and not hot today.
3: She's not hot. No, it's, it's again, it's it's pleasantly ambient. Maybe you're it's Lisa. Lisa that brings the heat. Yeah. I, all right. Take that in any direction you choose.
0: Karima, welcome. We love having everybody come in studio. Thanks. I love it, too. <laughs> yep. Um, and we, I can see the chat room is already rocking, and you can see that there's a very special guest in the chat room.
1: Kenny Kane? In.
0: Well, Kenny Kane, our... Kenny Kane uh, Ann Kramer? <laughs>
1: Dr. Schumacher?
0: <laughs>
3: I hear we have, like, the Secret Service in the chat room tonight because Alan gets stalkers. So we're uh, we're only too happy to have Alan Levy actually in the chat room tonight, experiencing the show firsthand.
1: Um, well, hopefully, he won't hang up by the time. Where are they when him? my stalkers yeah. are in the chat room? Yeah. <laughs> Ann Kramer, thank it's you. It's always
0: a, it's always a little risky for our show when we ask the big Macha, the big the big CEO of BTR to uh, take part in our show.
1: Right. Exactly. <laughs>
0: See our, see our group in our chat tra- room? No, we're thrilled to have him, and uh, we're looking forward to
3: it. Yeah, we, we just really we hope he's not slumming. That's all we can ask for.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: he's going to go off and do it like Chris Matthews afterwards and talk about how ridiculous he spent his evening.
0: <laughs> oh, Chris Matthews, please.
1: All right, sorry, Keith Olman?
0: Nah.
1: W Wolf Blitzer? John Filbert? John? Keep
0: going, keep <laughs>
3: going. <laughs> um, uh, um, Ernie
2: Anastas.
0: <laughs>
2: Ross Abrams, I'm, I don't
0: know. I'm, I'm putting us a rung above Ernie and Fozzie nice, nice guy, but still.
1: Who does the Muppet news? Who's that guy? <laughs> oh, the uh, Sam the Eagle. Yes. <laughs> so he's like, he's more like the political correspondent. Yeah, right. But there was that other guy, that like crazy guy, Guy Smiley, right? Guy, Didn't he Smiley, do the, guy Smiley. did the news, and, right. and then there was and um, the game shows and Gary Ganoo to date ourselves. Right, from the Great Space, <laughs> Coaster. Space Coaster. Yes, exactly. Amanda, you have no idea. Anyone what
3: born about. after 1986 has no idea what we're talking about right now. No. Dr. Schumacher knows what we're talking about. I was about.
2: actually laughing about uh, this blog that I was reading, so it just sort of happened.
1: To That's right, because you never pay attention to the show. You're either knitting, Facebooking, <laughs> or blogging.
2: Exactly.
1: And what did you say when you got here today? What did I say? You said that you came here without your knitting. See, no one's going uh, to hear you. I
4: came my knitting or my computer, right. and I was right. a little
1: lost. Yeah.
3: See the the proximity factor of a microphone comes into play. This is real science here. The
1: closer you are to the mic, the better people hear you. And if you want to sit Good. back, if if you want to kick back with you know your feet on the desk like that, just take the extension and bring the microphone to you. It's a scissor
3: system specifically to get it to where your head is. You don't necessarily have to meet it where it's at.
1: Yeah, you're you're like bending yourself into a pretzel. You're like Cirque de Stupid Cancer show. <laughs> <Cirque's> stupid Cancer. <laughs>
0: I'm working on my yoga pose. Oh,
3: Lisa, what are you missing tonight by not being here?
0: You know what? Every once in a while, you got to give it to the booth. Surf yeah. Steak, stupid, cancer show.
3: Well, I like to say that even a blind squirrel finds a nut in the woods sometimes. <laughs> I got, I, I got another
1: one. Oh no. Uh,
0: on. I don't want, oh. I don't want to talk about Jack's nuts.
1: Lisa, <laughs> Lisa, you know how a couple weeks yeah. ago I might have, I might have made some age jokes and at your expense. You? Yeah, remember like the whole SPF 45 is for people that are 45 and such.
0: Yes, well, I do.
1: I, 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 I'm not saying you're old, but I did notice that someone started a Facebook group to get you to host Saturday Night Live. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is pricelessly I, retarded. I did not
3: like it. No, Jack. Jack likes everything. Oh, and and that's another thing too. Um, Jack. Um. I don't know what inspired you to do this. What? Jack's Facebook status yesterday was just like, Jack Buffard is
2: awesome. And, and then, then he liked, he liked it. it.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: you so know I'm why? You
0: I, 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 but, Jack, just to back up for a second, I would, I would time travel to 88 if I could host Saturday Night Live. So there, I'd take it.
1: 2088? 1988? What are we talking about? I'd be 88,
0: yes. I'd be 88 years old.
1: I would want to try and travel to 1988 and get in on one of those Hans and Franz sketches. Yeah. Oh, we got the bump. You up. up. Oh, my God. Yeah. We are so freaking old. Awesome.
0: No, I can't, do the shoulder. Shoulder. I can't do the shoulder pads anymore. I'd rather go forward and be Betty White's age. Yeah. Do Saturday Night Live.
1: Well, hey, you're
0: not... <clears> hey. <throat> I'm not
1: that far. You're not that far, no, my Speaking friend. of yeah. retro, you're SNL. halfway
2: there. Yeah.
3: I wasn't, I mean, just, just to wrap up this crazy, yeah. you know, uh, retro SNL conversation, I had a much more um, interesting penchant for Dieter.
2: Oh, yeah. Sprockets?
3: Yeah. I remember Dieter uh-huh. from Sprockets. Sprockets,
2: yeah. Yeah, that, like was, before,
3: yeah, that was way before uh, Austin Powers. Yep. Yeah. You dance like
1: him. I saw you at the Young Gals. Yes. My name is Dieter and now we dance.
0: Yeah, On I don't quite I don't quite see you in the black tights and the uh, tight turtleneck, but... No,
3: maybe six months after I'm dead when I can fit into it.
0: <laughs> but let's... Hey, hey, now we're talking entertainment. Let's, let's, let's switch a little gears here, Matthew and Jack and Amanda, um, and, uh, and talk about this... Um, you know, there's this big show on, on Showtime coming up in August called The Big C about not quite a young adult, but I think, because she's in her 40s, played by Laura Linney, who gets cancer and how she changes her life. Right. And it was just announced that Cynthia Nixon, who is a breast cancer survivor in real life, is going to be on the show for four episodes, I think playing her ex-college roommate. Um, and it's interesting, you know, Matt and I, we talk about this, about how... Uh, cancer is portrayed on television and in film, particularly the young adult um community on television and film and we'd love to get some thoughts and feedback in the chat room for what folks uh think. There was an interesting blog that was posted recently. There we go.
3: I'm sorry, you said Cynthia Nixon, i was an
1: impulse person.
0: Well, it, this is even better that you queued the theme song because I don't know what sex, song this is. The Sex in the City Two movie came out this summer, and there was a blog um, from a staffer of the Youngster of our friends over at the Young Survival Coalition who said that she thought the film was irresponsible for the way it showed Samantha post-breast uh, cancer and kinds of things that she was doing. Um, All the hormone treatments? Hormone treatments and whatnot that are not accurate and sent the wrong message for somebody who'd been through breast cancer, and she wrote a great blog, blog about that. And we've talked about, you know, Izzy on Grey's Anatomy and there's been various and there's yeah, a movie coming out next year, um, called I'm with Cancer that Seth Rogen's doing. Right. Um, and so it's this this topic that we'd love our um our listeners to kinda of chime in on. If you know, you see uh an adolescent or young adult on cancer. Has anybody seen it out there portrayed accurately? Yes, no. What are your thoughts?
3: Well speaking of acting, um we can get to our Savara spotlight tonight, Shannon. Um and uh I don't know where that was the worst segue.
1: That was the worst segue ever, especially because I had something very relevant to point out. No, you didn't. Yeah, I wanted to point out when uh, Izzy on Grey's Anatomy was going through treatment, she had brain surgery and came out of surgery with a full head of blonde hair. That was perfect. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Remember that? She also had her hair grow back in one week to a perfect shoulder length bob. I had been growing my hair for a year and it was still (laughs) jacksling.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, these but, are the kinds of things. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead,
3: Matthew. No, I was just going to say, like, I want to get Shannon on, because we, the, the fact that we're talking about Block Talk Radio tonight, this is like broadcast media. This is the real meat and potatoes of what, where the next generation is going to get their news and their influence and ways in which we can engage the communities to really audit the BS that's out there in terms of perception versus reality. And uh, as someone who works in broadcast media yourself, I'm really interested in hearing what Shannon has to contribute to this conversation because I don't know if she's seen um, Sex and the City more than I have, um, for that matter, uh, because I, I unfortunately live and breathe it being married to a woman who owns the entire box set.
2: <laughs>
3: but I do want to introduce her to the show, so let's let's just uh, get to that cue here. And uh, what
2: time is it? Oh, all right,
3: 9.15 here on the Stupid Cancer Show. Shannon... Dingy Kramer has been with Blog Talk Radio for three and a half years, and uh, she's now the Director of Customer Relations and Operations. She was diagnosed with cervical cancer a year ago, July 09, and uh, had to fight to get a biopsy of an ovary. Uh, When they did, they found cancer in both ovaries, so way to uh, be an overachiever. Uh, She's currently undergoing testing for Crohn's disease, which is always fabulous. And uh, uh, some odd polyps hanging out in her lower gastrointestinal system. Hopefully uh, she'll get answers to those. And she has three kids. I can't even imagine having two and not having three. Her husband, she lives in Michigan. Michigan is in the house tonight, per se. So please welcome Shannon Gigi Kramer. Hello, Shannon.
4: Hey, how are you?
3: We are stoked to have you on the show.
4: I'm excited to be here. Sex um, in the City, huh? I'm—I just became an addict. I had surgery on Wednesday, and I've been watching the entire box set all week long. That's all right, you'll—you'll you'll
1: probably have caught up to me by an hour from now. You <laughs> know, I've never seen an episode of that show or the movies, and I feel like you just ruined everything for me by telling me Samantha had breast cancer. Uh, Jack, you have two cats, and you don't watch Sex in the City? No, <laughs> I don't.
3: You—I don't you watch Who's the Plus.
1: You know, if, you're, if we're going to call a spade a spade, I've been to your home, and I've seen the box sets on your shelf. You have 90210, Who's the Boss, Family Ties, <laughs> Cosby Show. The Cosby Show. Yes, but I don't have two you're cats. You're the reason why TV, TV on DVD was invented.
3: No, no, but I, I just will conclude this before we have to, you know, eliminate you. I did mention you're my soon-to-be former friend, that I am not single and male with two cats, and you cannot retort that.
1: They are not my cats, they are my children.
3: Oh, they're in there we are. Oh gosh. He just done oh, the holy big. <laughs>
0: anyway, hey, Shannon. Welcome to the Madhouse.
4: To the circus. Yes.
3: So and congratulations on your forthcoming one year cancerversary.
4: Oh, thank you. I'm good, actually. I'm really good. Um though so I am just now learning what it means to be without ovaries, which is not okay, but otherwise I'm great. All right. Are you lighter? No, which kind of pissed me off, actually, because I was expecting to come out of surgery like 50 pounds later because, you know, I just guesstimated for what each ovary weighed, and it turns out not so much.
3: Yeah, they used to be filled with lead back in the day, but they (laughs) rule out that was just not a good thing. So you had like like a circumcision for ovaries where they just drain the weight out of it when you're born. (laughs) My wife had a uberectomy 10 years ago, and she didn't lose any weight from it, so.
4: Yeah, me neither. It's like really warm, though. I... I was never, like, a. I never perspirated before this the surgery, and now, like, it's just awful.
3: So you're a sweat machine.
4: I really am, and I didn't realize it until, like, this month. It's really bad. So Honestly, I, I just posted something on my Facebook this morning about how it turns out that your ovaries are there for air conditioning.
3: Yeah, you, you got to love the hormones when they work the right way.
4: <laughs> right. And you never realize it until they're gone.
3: No, that is true. It's the gift that just keeps on giving until you forget it's there.
4: Exactly,
0: like many things in life. Like that Jack. Is... <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, like you've ever forgotten I was here. Yeah, I know. Sorry, who are you? So, cervical cancer a year ago. Um, were you misdiagnosed? Did you talk? To, were you taken seriously? Did they talk about any fertility preservations at all?
4: Um, no, I'd actually. I'm very, very lucky. I mean, as as spectacular as cancer is, I, I already had all three of my kids, had my tubes tied, went in for a routine pap, and, um, you know, I, they said, well, you know, it's a, you have some cells, and I then I ended up having a cyst on my ovary that just really, really hurt, and it actually kind of felt like a draft horse kicked me in the stomach, so I went in to have that looked at, and they said, oh, well, you, you know, forget the cyst, you have cervical cancer, and I'm like, okay, well, can we not forget the cyst? Because you know, if you're going to be in there anyway, let's take a look at this. And and I mean, I really had to fight for it. They're like, yeah, well, just let let's leave your ovaries. And and I, I mean, it really hurt. It was a hemorrhagic cyst. Um, the way she explained it to me is it pretty much had a life of its own. It had its own cute little heartbeat and everything. And um, it when I went into surgery, she she finally made the agreement that she would biopsy that ovary. And that if she found cancer there, then she would stop what she was doing, the oncologist would take over, and then, you know, we'd go from there. And that's exactly what happened. When the, the oncologist came in, he actually found, uh, found the cancer in both ovaries. So, and then they, uh, there were some cells hanging out in my abdomi- abdominal cavity, but so far nothing has come from that.
0: Wow, so Shannon, they said, so it was a
4: cervical cancer that they had found um, on the ovaries? Is that how it? They found the cervical cancer first um, yeah. when when they did a pap. Right. And then um, I had had some really bad pain in my ovary and my left ovary, and they, they ended up uh, biopsying that, and then they found cancer in both. And they, the... Cancer that was in my ovaries—it's borderline, so it's not like the the super scary aggressive kind, like it was on my cervix. So it was like a whole different kind of cancer there.
0: Sure. So, um, so you're obviously you've got, as you mentioned, you've got a full house. I mean, you've got three kids. I checked out your—you've um, got a great blog that I saw posted on <laughs> your uh, on your Facebook page. Give everybody the uh, the URL for that. It's uh, dailysarcast.com. DailySarcast.com, And so you've got animals, the husband, children. And it's funny because, you know, Matthew uh, put something on his Facebook page today about how many children there are of cancer survivors, those statistics. Yeah, almost and 3 million. Almost 3 million, exactly. So you've got three kids. How has that been for you to manage that with your, with your
4: children? Well, you know, we get kind of a weird situation here. My, my oldest son is 10. And his best friend is, a, is part of a set of triplets. And last Christmas, this last Christmas, um, on, I think it was November 22nd, they found out that their dad had bone cancer. He died on Christmas Day. Wow. So my kids and their understanding of, of cancer is not good. They, you know, they, they think that you automatically have to die when you have cancer. So... It's been a hurdle trying to educate them and, and have them understand exactly what it means. They just know that I go to the doctor an awful lot. Right. So that's been so – uh,
0: in addition to everything else that you're going through physically and psychologically for yourself, I would imagine then to try and sort of temper that with your kids and play okay. sort of mom and psychologist with your kids to try to keep them – about that yeah there's actually
3: a lot of great literature that the believe it or not the National Cancer Institute has they have a series of books called Facing Forward and one of them is actually how to talk to your kids about being sick and I I was part of the initial committee like years ago that reviewed it and contributed to it before I was before I to wine and everything like that I had no kids of course but they just wanted to know you know get the perspective of some other people when they were vetting it and it's amazing how far they've come and you know, no, no one's job is to turn you into a psychologist to talk to your children, but they they have such amazing resources to help young parents um, talk to their, their small children about what what they're going through, and it really it really has proven to destigmatize uh, this. And like you said, a lot of people still think that cancer means death, and if especially if they're experiencing it the way that your your uh, your son's friends did. Uh, you know, there are big hurdles to overcome, but they've made a lot of strides in in easing the discomfort uh, in, for parents to talk to their kids.
4: I think that's awesome. It's just so hard, you know. They're little and they just don't understand. Exactly. And, and any tool that you can get to to help, you know, lessen that. I think that's awesome. So you just tell you just talk to them yourself. You and your husband.
0: You haven't sent them to any kind of thera- therapy. Actually, they are seeing
4: therapists. They um, are, yeah. I mean, it's it's been a lot. I mean, in the last year, I've had surgery like what five times. So, they've, yeah, I've, they are going to therapists. Yeah,
0: and talk about your your as long as we have you here from from BTR, your your blog also. From from what
4: I've read, you're you're pretty much of a workaholic. Is that right? Yeah. I mean,
0: <laughs> a little. Well, I mean, probably... I was
4: for Blog Talk Radio, and you know we it's, I'm very lucky. I, am, I count myself as probably the luckiest girl in the world because not only do I have a career that I love and adore, I really, truly love what I do, but then I have like the support, the support system. I went out for surgery this last Wednesday, and do you know when I got back that there was a two-minute voicemail from the CEO of this company just checking in to see how I'm doing? I mean, I, I just think that's incredibly awesome.
1: And his I've, name?
4: This is Alan Levy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You're lucky because when I was sick I didn't even get a phone call from the CEO of the I'm too young for the Cancer Foundation. <laughs> right.
4: I just I really think it's great. I mean, and it wasn't it wasn't just Alan, it was it was everybody. I mean everybody was just making sure that I'm okay. Everybody that works with me, we've just got the best team. We really do have a dream team. So, how so have you I, been balancing your
0: your work life, as so many people find it difficult to to do during this time?
4: Well, Alan spoils us; we get to work from home, so I get to do it in the comfort of SpongeBob pajamas and bunny <laughs> slippers.
1: Oh my God, the same ones that I have with the elastic drawstrings. Absolutely. <laughs> Jack wears the children's size anyway
3: because he likes things tight.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> What? <laughs>
3: you know what? You're right. This is my last show. <laughs> Goodbye, former friend.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah, Shannon, I have to ask you something. It's just a retarded question, and no offense to people yeah. that take offense when people say retarded. I'm just being honest.
1: Did you mm-hmm. call my name? Yeah.
3: <laughs> We've been working with Blog Talk Radio for 18 months now, and you were with the organization when we started, I believe, correct?
2: Yeah. yeah. You've been
3: there for three and a half years. I sure So have. You were privy to our organization and the stupid cancer show starting in January of 2009, and then you got cancer in July of 2009. I just have to ask you, did we cause your cancer? <laughs>
4: because
3: if we did, I'm really oh. sorry.
4: No, you helped it though. You guys oh. kind of kept me sane when I went out to the Mayo Clinic. Um, it, it was it was Ma- you, Matthew, that was just kind of like talking me through all of this stuff. Um, over Facebook, and you sent me all that great stuff to deliver. And then when I took it to them, they were like, "We loved him." They were, they were so excited to have all of your stuff again. And no, you you guys absolutely kept me sane through that the whole thing. You were the, my only resource. I mean, I didn't know anybody who had cancer, so no, I'm very thankful for you guys.
3: And I just have to say, I've been to the Mayo Clinic. It is if cancer met Las Vegas.
4: <sighs> that place is just freaking. It's like amazing. a
3: nine star. Caribbean Hotel, in the middle of nowhere in Minnesota.
4: And it's the weirdest thing. I mean, like you drive out around it, and like it, all you see is this itty bitty little city. And the people there—it's—I don't know. I wrote an entire blog post about it, about just the awesomeness of it and the people that I met there. And the cancer so showgirls. <laughs> the cancer yeah. showgirls. girls I'm yeah. sorry. What?
1: It <laughs> 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 just got Jack's attention again. Yeah. I'm awake. I'm awake. <laughs>
4: That place is just oh gosh. I mean,
3: yeah, but the social worker uniforms are very, very unique. <laughs> well, I need to get a reoccurrence as soon as possible. No. Oh dear God, you didn't go there, did you? <laughs> go jump on the Hudson River. You'll be you'll be sick in about ten minutes.
1: Yeah. We'll do first ascent to East River, in New York. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Fantastic. So
0: Shannon, what's the next step? You said you've got you so you've got these polyps, quote unquote, hanging out hanging out down there.
4: Yeah, actually, I went in when when he got in there. He ended up removing about an inch of my uh, intestine. So there were lesions and stuff there. The good news is, is he said that the rest of my intestines look like that of a 19 year old kid. So um, even if it does come back as cancerous, I should be in a pretty good spot because he thinks he got it all. So um, my CAT scans are good. My CA 125 is awesome. Everything's good. So I think great. that I'm going to be
3: okay. Well, you're really blessed for having had your kids uh, before you got sick. So, great timing.
4: Exactly.
3: I couldn't have planned it better myself.
4: <laughs> so yep.
3: uh, I wanted to. Before we bring on Alan, we were talking about this before we wanted to bring you on. But have you are you aware about this uh, this show on HBO about called What's It Called? The C Word or the Sea Life or something? The Big C. The Big C.
4: Mm-hmm. I you know, have actually seen the previews. Yeah
3: does it would would it bother you if it was not realistic and sort of superficially created for the purposes of just good television
4: yeah you know to be perfectly honest i get a little a little irritated with that type of stuff because i mean i'm i'm all for you know i'm all for the making everybody aware awareness that type of stuff but i mean if you're going to do it then do it right
3: right exactly but the problem is they don't want people to live on television
4: Ugh, well Well they can't kill off Laura Lenny, right? No but uh, yeah. The, when you're the when you're the star. Right?
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> she has
4: that going for her. <laughs> um now,
3: yeah, I, And I there was there was a question in the charm. Yes, Seth Rogen is actually producing a movie. The tentative title is I'm with cancer. It's based on Will Reiser's life as a young adult survivor of Hodgkin's and I'm on the fence as to how believable they're gonna make it.
0: Well, can I just jump in there, Matt? So, Will Riser is a is a, a writer and television producer, and he's a friend of um, Seth Rogan's. And he actually did. It's it's loosely it's a screenplay that he wrote. So he went through cancer. So unlike uh, just a straight dramatization, um, like say, is Gray's on Grey's Anatomy? This is a guy. This is coming from. He's a good friend of Seth's, and it's a guy who actually lived it. So obviously, one would think that he's there for accuracy with his story and that like some others that are just dramatized
3: uh well you don't think they're going to hollywoodize it just a little bit
0: well sure i mean it's a a seth rogan film after all and it's written with some comedy and he's got i mean yes um but again i i think in terms of the sort of glaring um kind of <laughs> boo-boos of, you know, those kind of, like we were just talking about before, oh, she woke up with, you know, she's got a full head of hair and this and that, and, you know, it's just um, uh, hopefully those, you know, kind of glaring oversights would, would not be there and there would be some sensitivities and hopefully some new some new insight to it. So, you know, we'll have to see. And with some humor, which, of course, we on the Stupid Cancer Show are all in favor of.
3: Long as Jack keeps working here, I'll never stop laughing.
1: I actually asked. I I I tried to be an extra in that movie. I wanted to be like in the infusion center, and you know, just getting chemo in the background. And I said that I was going to shave my head, blow up to like 80 pounds heavier than I am now. And I said, in order to keep it authentic, I wanted to receive real chemo, not just like tape a you know a a, a tube to my hand. But no go. Never got a call. You're a method actor now. That's right. I'm a meth actor. What? Oh dear. No. no. you, was you a know you,
0: jack. Is, that, is, that, is that is that why you got your cancer jack, just to be an extra in that film?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was anticipating uh, you know, getting a uh, a starring yeah. role as an as an uncredited no, no, You girl. know, the Betty White
3: joke that you gave today is you're never going to top that and just go home now. I'll never top it this week.
1: Or until I just think for the
3: year. rest of the show, I think you're spent. You you're not all
1: to have any more jokes. You met your joke quota. I've been I've been sitting on that joke for three weeks. <laughs> she really has. He really. really and I, has. I, I wouldn't tell anybody what it was. Sorry, Lisa. All right. So <laughs> a- after that awkward moment of silence, that was
3: entirely <laughs> unnecessary. Do we have anything else of relevance to talk about before we bring in Alan?
1: Yes. Ooh. Sure. What? Well, don't we usually just talk about what's going on in our lives? What is going on in our lives? Besides I, po- the, you I posted some pictures of my cats on no. Facebook. <laughs> no, but I do have something serious I want to talk about for a second. Uh, okay, let's, let's see where Jack goes with this. And, you know, we do make fun of, well, we we don't make fun of cancer because it's a very serious topic, but we poke a stick at cancer and we call it stupid and everything like that, but it's a very real disease and not everybody makes it. And uh, I just want to send a special shout-out and tribute to... Danny Holt, who is from my hometown, Danbury, Connecticut, who passed away the other day of lung cancer, 23 years old, never smoked a day in his life, got lung cancer, and basically was diagnosed and deceased within like three months. And um, I had the pleasure of meeting him at his fundraiser a few weeks ago, where I was able to present I2Y to all of his friends and family and everything. And, uh, and his father came to the summit. His dad came to OMG. Our annual uh, cancer conference. On Danny's behalf, because Danny couldn't he he wasn't able to travel to the city and his father Greg came and uh you know it was just great to connect with him. And uh Danny's funeral was was certainly a celebration of his life but it was also sad at the same time. And it was really great because there's so many of his friends that were there. I mean hundreds of people lined up around the block. And everybody was encouraged to come comfortable wear your Mets jerseys and your Mets t-shirts and your Steelers jerseys and your Steelers t- uh, t-shirts because that's what Danny would have wanted you to do. And it was it was interesting because I got to wear my Len Dykstra New York Mets shirt. Lenny Dykstra. To Danny's funeral. Guy. 86 yeah. Mets. Go yep. for
2: Nice.
1: So I just want to send a special shout-out to the whole family. And, you know, you're in our thoughts and prayers. And Danny and you are the reasons why we do what we do and we're not going to give up the fight because it's not fair that your twenty three-year-old son was diagnosed with lung cancer and died from it and we're going to make sure that that doesn't happen to anybody else and we're going to certainly keep on fighting until the battle is won
0: too many stories like that particularly uh, i mean all kinds of cancers but um... the lung cancer ones, uh... we've we've heard many of these in a row now non-smokers very young uh, whether it's too much secondhand smoke or stuff in the environment, we don't know. But, mm-hmm. boy.
1: And, you know, when we had Joe Harrison on the show last Monday who, yes. at the age of 22, yes. was diagnosed with lung cancer. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's not fair. Like, Danny was, a, was an athlete, played football, you know, active and lived a good life and, you know, healthy practices but was diagnosed with lung cancer. And we don't know why because, you know, there's no way to, to detect that in people our age. This ever moment is brought to you by Everman Angels. Be well, number one. And on that note... A
0: Johnny moment.
3: A Johnny moment. A real moment. Jack, you almost redeemed yourself. Actually, I will, oh, I, will, I, will, I, will, I will retract. You redeemed yourself. I did? You may now tell all the useless, stupid, pointless jokes you want. Okay. I don't <laughs> even
1: have one right now. <laughs> I'm thinking about Danny. I got nothing. Oh, when boy. you
0: tell him he can do it, that's when he clams up.
1: Cancer? I don't even know her. There you go.
3: That was really bad. But you're forgiven.
1: I'm forgiven. That was was my
3: freebie, right? That was your freebie. All right. Well, we are very, very, very privileged tonight. And Shannon's going to stick around to have the uh, founder and CEO of the Blog Talk Radio Network and many other amazing uh, technology initiatives on the show tonight. Alan Levy co-founded Blog Talk Radio in August. Of 2006, um, he developed the concept as he mourned his father's passing from cancer. Uh, during his father's illness, he maintained a blog to update his family and friends on his condition, and uh, as a telecom executive, he, he thought by combining blogging and telecom, a, a real immediate two-way interactive platform could be established to connect people more across common ground, and uh, thus Blog Talk Radio was born. Uh, I thank him for inventing Blog Talk Radio because he helped us get on the map in a way no other nonprofit has, and uh, spread a word that had no chance of being spread without it. So please welcome to the Stupid Cancer Show, Alan Levy. Alan.
5: Hello. Thank you for having me. Oh,
3: it's an absolute honor, sir. Thank you so much for making the time.
5: No, it's my pleasure. That's um, wonderful, and it was great to hear. Shannon's story, who, uh, by the way, is amazing. Um, uh, one amazing, of our, if only you know. for the
1: fact that she has three kids. Yeah, we only have amazing people on this show, though.
5: <laughs> it's true. That's good. I can <laughs> and hear. And you need to leave,
1: Jack.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alan, don't you think it's? I think it's so incredible that, um, you know, to, to me, and I'm somebody with a with a long media background, but social media is. At its best when it connects people in my mind on uh, who are out there looking for others with a shared experience, particularly when it comes to issues of health and so I find it fascinating that you launched btr that it was really born out of that out of your dad's um, cancer struggle, correct because you were blogging about it,
5: yeah, so you know I got into this I was a telecom I was in telecom business and and uh, that that was my that's what i knew and and uh my dad had uh, been diagnosed with non-hodgkin's lymphoma in, in when he was 70 back in 2001 and you know hit us like a ton of bricks and it was stage 4 and it was a terrible situation and he was you know i saw something in him i had never seen before i mean this brave this bravery i mean it's just amazing how he he dealt with it and we each, have a, we each had our, role, our roles in the process, my, my sister, my mom, and myself. And anyway, we, we went through this for five years. And he had, uh, you know, he, he kicked, he, he it was in remission. And, and then he had, um, you know, it was amazing. And then he lost his, he went back in again. And it was terrible. I mean, it, it affected his bone marrow. And then he tried to get a stem cell transplant, and it was, it failed. Um, but he, it went into remission again but this time he lost his kidney And but the guy just would just console cancer other cancer patients who were with him in, in, in his room it's just amazing. he had such amazing stories and I felt that the third time which was clearly you know, terminal and it was a short time that he would be living that this would be an opportunity for him to kind of help others and I didn't really know what a blog was, actually, back then. A friend of mine said, why don't you create a blog? You know, because, as you know, and it's just tough to keep everyone up to date with what's going on, and today's counts are this, and it's good days and bad days. And sure enough, I created a blog for him. And I was I was amazed by this community. I, I'd never, you know, I, I checked out Technorati. A friend of mine said, check out Technorati. It's so saw 70 million blogs. And I said, interesting. Wow, look at this place. Where have I been? Kind of thing. <laughs> And I noticed that I kept seeing the words, join the conversation, but I couldn't hear any. (laughs) So I said to Bob, my partner, and I said, you know, we're phone guys. I mean, where are the conversations? What if we could, why can't bloggers host their own talk shows? Like, why why can't, it's interesting, people are commenting, but you don't know when the comment is taking place. But what if we enable people to do this, and then, and they can talk to one another, and then record it. They didn't even know what a podcast was, actually. And that's how Blog Talk Radio was created.
0: And how long until you now uh, replace terrestrial radio? Five years, everyone's <laughs> right. and is everyone saying? Well,
5: you know, it's really interesting. When I first came up with the idea, uh, you know, we this had never been done before, and, and it's built on top of a phone network. I mean, that's really why you see no other platforms like Blog Talk Radio out there. I mean, of course, you've got lots of live streaming platforms you know uStream stream and live stream and all kinds but we are really the only one that that kind of pulls together the these conversations in terms of any fo- on the phone side um, i am you know when i started thinking about what what name this should be uh, you know what am i going to name it i mean this is pre twitter it's it's amazing we've been out almost at this now it's not quite 4 years live it'll be 4 years at the end of uh, september but Uh, It seems like eight centuries ago that we were, we just launched this. You know, I was the first host, of course, and, uh, you know, just doing shows in my house. I mean, literally, we just, just to fill up the, we had one page in our program guide, and today we host 1,200 shows a day. 1,200
2: a day. What
3: was the first show that was not hosted by you? Like, who was your first client?
5: Yes, yeah, so the amazing thing about it is that when we, first of all, we didn't even know we could do this technically. You know, it had never been done, and, and with the streaming, and it, believe me, it didn't, we may have glitches, it's technology, but in the early days, it's just remarkable. Uh, we were the, you know, Sasquatch, we were the Sasquatch network. I see this still on, in the chat room, one of the top shows. We actually had four Sasquatch shows uh, within six months. Uh, you mean like Finding Bigfoot pat-
3: kind of shows?
2: Yeah, exactly,
5: <laughs> I, exactly. And Amy Domestico, who I see is in the chat room here, uh, was my only other employee, and she came. I hired her, and had a you know because she was always on the, on the site, you know, kind of stalking me. You know, I said, "Say, Amy, come on, just help and let's tell the world about Blockbook Radio, because uh, no one had heard about it." But the first show when we we were we were launched by TechCrunch, which Mike Arrington, I must say, did uh, was always, has always been. A supporter and helpful, and he launched us, and we we were out there, and you know, again, okay, this is before TechCrunch was TechCrunch, and the L.A.F.D. signed up for a show, the Los Angeles Fire Department, and that's when I was blown away. Literally, the 61st host, and we've signed up more than a, we had what we have 10,000 active hosts a month now. We've, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands have signed up, but the L.A.F.D. was the first show that. I mean, they came on. They were in programming guide, you know, right there on page two, next to, you know, two guys, you know, with, uh, with, with uh, groin pain. I mean, it was craziness, you know. The, wait, wait,
3: said so Bigfoot the, and then groin pain. I want to <laughs> know when the tinfoil half people joined.
5: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the LAFD was in the programming guide, and I would, I would tell Bob, you know, I said, Bob, we'll delete that other show, right? I don't care, you know. And, and I mean, this is the early crazy days. So um, but you know, I I kinda knew, you know, when I would tell people about my idea, they said, Wow, what a great idea that is, you know. I think the but it's been a really interesting run and and fun and exciting and, and stories and for President Obama. I mean that, that really was one of the highlights that we had in live.
0: Yeah. So Alan, tell me that I'm just looking at, you know, there was a story in um since you are this kind of social media guru, um, and things are changing so quickly, there's a story today in the Wall Street Journal. Journal, excuse me, in the Wall Street Journal about Ashton Kutcher, that now he is signed on. Who you know, folks know for his incredible Twitter following, that he signed on for this um, San Francisco-based company, Pop Chips. These are like air pop potato chips that he loves, okay. and so he's not just um, a spokesperson because he's known. For his use of social media he's actually um, been named president um, of pop culture and he's taking a position like a lot of um, these celebrities are sort of a stake in the company and um, a position for how to um, he's kind of running their social media you know as as like Lady Gaga was named you know chief creative officer of Polaroid that's Uh another way that these stars are sort of um, uh, shaping these companies through social media is actually becoming part of the company. Any any thoughts well, on that?
5: Well, yeah, to that? yeah. So that, it's interesting. I mean, I I just I did read something about Ashton Kutcher. I mean, Lady Gaga, I think, is you know signed a huge uh, representation deal with Polaroid, right? And therefore, you know, they had to give her another title, probably, you know, <laughs> so, so to to kind of validate the amount of money they paid her. Uh, with regards so to Ashton Kutcher. You know, look, good luck to him. You know, if he if he's, I just hope he's not throwing any of his compensation based upon the earnings of that company. So if he's smart, he's just getting a huge amount for, you know, his Twitter following and appearance fees and so on, because I can't see him operating an entity like this. I mean, he has done very little. Uh, you know, he, he was the guy, but, you know, again, you, when you're on a suggested user list of Twitter with their growth, uh, he was there, you know. He was the first. So,
2: right.
5: look, I, I I don't hold any grudges, but I, I I think that it's interesting how you know Kim Kardashian purportedly is getting ten thousand dollars a tweet. It's really crazy. I I what? have to say, yeah, that, that was out Who there. Who the hell's listening getting...
1: to her except her sisters?
5: Well, right, she's got two million followers. You know, it's interesting. We had um, Jimmy Fallon on a show on Blog Talk. And Jimmy Fallon had about a 1.2 million Twitter followers, and he was live on Blog Talk Radio. And it was Sean Daly, who you may know, who who uh, was still does a show on Blog Talk Radio, had him on, and he tweeted it. We probably had a hundred people click on the link, and and he was live. You know, call me, and he was saying, call me, talk. You know, at a hundred people. So there's a lot of noise that happens. Look, Twitter's an amazing phenomena, but the celebrity. CEO or the celebrity executive, I, I you know, uh, it's, do, uh, it's doubtful it'll work for me.
3: But for yeah, but, but but I, I him. Twitter is very superficial, though. I, I, I know a lot of people are Mashable. I read all the numbers that they crunch every day, and <clears throat> it still holds true that, um, you know, eighty to eighty-five percent of all the content on Twitter is driven by twenty percent of the people that use it, and that the uh, the ROI on an action request is less than one tenth of one hundredth of a percent. So you you have two million users and a hundred people call in, you know, and then something like I have seven thousand listeners and I get twelve hundred people to do something. You got to look at the ratio of activity.
5: Right. Well, that's why Ashton Kutcher isn't to me. You know, I mean, I don't know if that's the right call, but you know, it's interesting. I I, I must say, you know, Twitter and Facebook have been great for blog talk radio, right? I mean, you you know, they are. These platforms are our distribution platforms. I mean, right. so back to your question earlier about radio, you know, I think that radio, look, radio needs social media. I mean, radio needs a digital strategy. You, you you could just simply, you know, newspapers are at least, you know, have migrated online, and they understand they're putting up paywalls or they're, the New York Times is developing, you know, has developed a great platform. Newspapers are cutting out paper and just going right Right online, like San Francisco Chronicle, but radio is doing nothing of the sort. Radio is truly looking at their demise if they don't um, make some decisions soon.
0: So what do you think will happen? Will you start to charge um, for content? Because, you know, will listeners have to pay a fee then to listen um, to BTR or any other type of radio as it eventually all exists on the web?
5: No, I don't think that's necessarily the case. I mean, there could be some premier content, and it's not determinative by Block Talk Radio, right? I mean, we are we are a network. You know, we we facilitate these shows and broadcasts and conversations. So we don't we don't maintain any editorial purview. We don't. There may be down the road. I envision certain um, talent or or companies that want to want to host want to use our technology to say, look, we want a paywall and you know, charge that, uh, could you help facilitate that? And we would, we would do that if that's what they were interested in doing. You know, we're really a technology platform, and what I see happening more and more are the companies using these tools to enable conversations that, to take, that will take place on their websites. It's foolish for companies to think that you simply could open up a fan page on Facebook and just people are going to show up there. It's a, it's a shingle in the ocean.
3: No, but I would, I would actually contend that because uh, we did that and it actually worked because I think we well, came at it from yeah, a very niche angle.
5: Yes, you did it from a very niche angle. And you are, look, let's understand also something. You have your whole show and philosophy is built around passion and helping and, and education and learning, right? So that's something different. There's a real noble cause behind this. And, you know, but if you're a company pitching, you know, cough medicines, You know who's going to care?
3: No, you're absolutely right. Right, but if
5: you could actually create mm -hmm. conversations about how to lessen these, how you know what to do with the symptoms, and have questions and answers, and I mean, I think there's an opportunity to use these types of tools, uh, you know, in your own environments. It's kind of redefining radio. That's what I think we're attempting to do, and I don't know ultimately if it's going to prove to be you know as a commercial success. I think that. Um, Their radio just needs to be redefined. And but I
3: think, I think what your platform has done from an anthropological perspective, and I am a marketing nerd, is you, you've built sort of a, 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 a tool for emotional engagement around an affinity. And that, that's something that has not really existed in the social media sector in healthcare for a very, very long time, if at all, or it has not been done well in any sense of, of real measurability. Uh, we represent a huge market that's been untapped and even sort of under-acknowledged of millions of Americans who comprise what I call the youth culture of cancer, which is a segmented group of just the youth culture that doesn't know it exists, has no coagulative means to connect with each other, and was this fragmented, isolated, or, you know, uh, network of people that didn't know they were a network. And... what. What your platform has emboldened us to be able to do is to finally put a roof, you know, on that house and bring everyone under our brand through your platform to homogenize the call to action, which is that our generation deserves better and that we now have the tools to be the change we wish to see. It would not have been possible without your vision, and I'm not here to kiss your ass. You clearly have enough people doing that in the, the mere... A credibility of no, what no, no. you put kick, together. Me,
5: kick my kick my ass. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, kick
3: your. I meant kick your ass. Of course. You're not <laughs> right. doing enough work. You're not a hard enough worker, sir.
5: <laughs> well, th- thank you for that. I, you know, I appreciate it. I mean, if there's any one um, vertical or industry that I would say is uh, healthcare is, is can really be affected positively by this. And the problem is with healthcare. And it's helpful, by the way, for for you and others to. You know, to go to the Mayo Clinic or go to others and and you know talk about this platform and maybe we can figure out ways to scale it. Is because they're just afraid of social media, right? They they can't deal with it and it's hard and and I understand that. Um, because
0: and it's also but one of the things. Out... I'm sorry, Alan. Go ahead.
5: Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: No, the the engagement is exactly it. I mean, too many times the social media it, with the with Facebook and t- Twitter re- reduced to the sort of um, screaming, uh, sort of streaming press release, and sort of limit at that. And you know, to Matthew's point of our, our engagement here and getting folks to figure out how to truly be engaged um, rather than just rather than just the screaming uh, press release. And I actually wanted to just, if you could touch on later too, where, where do you fit in in the, in the iPad and all of this too?
5: Right. Okay. No, we'll definitely talk about that. Um, I wanted just to mention that one of the most touching um, moments in, in, in Block Talk Radio which, you know, when I write the book and I will write the book um, you know, we uh, uh, was was Sunny Goodman I don't know if you, did you, were you aware of her story on Block Talk? Well, Su- Sunny Goodman was one of our hosts she's there for three years she did a show every day, Sunny and I always remember, again, I've been at this for four years every day looking at this and from no hosts to thousands and thousands and Sonny Goodman would always be doing that show Monday through Friday uh, 8 a.m. first in the morning in the chat room and I you know I, we, we've been we've grown and we're busy a million things going on and about on April 8th Sonny April 9th Sonny died of cancer and I didn't even know that she had been sick and no one here knew it was a secret but she kept Kept her battle ways, and she was visiting chat rooms all over. She was she was one of our popular posts. She, this was her her community, and she she um, recorded her eulogy essentially on BlockTalk Radio. And if you search on BlockTalk Radio under Sunny Goodman, you'll find her show. It's her last show. It's literally her last show. She she you go to the show and you just play it, and you're mortified, you're stunned. She says, hi, this is Sonny, if you're listening to this, I will have died. And this is about a month and a half ago. And I was listening to it on a Saturday morning at 7, tears, literally. I mean, she talked about her life and the opportunity, and, and wished she was closer to her dad and her mom. And She was actually weepy, and she died two days later. And she, she took the time to thank me. Uh, for Blog Talk Radio, so you know whether yeah. I make millions or lose millions, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. That touched me, and uh,
1: well, you know, I to follow others, so you know, to follow that, I can tell you uh, that we have 50 hospitals and cancer cancer centers around the country that use this show as their weekly support group, where they'll gather their inpatients around their computers, or you know, a lot of the inpatients have computers in their rooms. And they listen to the show, and then they discuss the show, and that's the weekly support group for these teenagers and young adults. And, you know, without blood Talk, obviously this, this medium wouldn't be there, and a lot of these uh, young adults and nurses and practitioners may, may not necessarily get the information that we're putting out there about all of our programs and, uh, you know, all, all the young adult support uh, resources that are out there.
5: Yeah. No, no. Well, that's wonderful to hear, and I'm, I'm, you know, thrilled with that. And, you know, I go to conferences now. I spoke with one in New Jersey social media, and there's a room of about 8,900 people. And I said, how many people have heard about Blog Talk Radio before today? And, you know, eight out of ten rose their hands. It's just a, amazing, you know, that's with awesome. the 6, 17 people we have in this company and no marketing budget ever. And, uh, you know, and to see, hear this, uh, to see this happening... Um, is but really you don't need interesting...
3: a marketing budget. If you offer something that's uniquely valuable to people, it'll spread the word. Marketing budget right, exactly. is only really as good as what you're spending money on.
5: Well, you know, in my, as I think about social media and what makes a successful site, I always I felt even from the early get-go because I knew none of this stuff, and I'm not I'm not an engineer. And you know, we've we struggled, and we're actually reinventing our website now and and the experience, which is going to be more like Cinch. We have a great design team. Um, can talk about um, that.
3: What is Cinch?
5: Yeah, I want to explain it. But first, I would have to give. First of all, I have to give kudos to Amy, Shannon, Christy, Megan is in the chat room, BP of Marketing, Savan, Director of Product, and Sherry Lee. Er, these people are amazing, and all of our employees here—they are around the clock. could never do it without them. They believe it's like in our blood, DNA. It's in our DNA. This, so Anyway, well, we're gonna to give
3: them a day. round of applause. So this is the Alan Levy Goon Squad, right? <laughs> right. And this is yeah. This, this one's for Christy. That's for me, baby. All right. Christy gets yeah. her. You're just kissing her ass now. You don't need to do that.
5: Yeah, well she's she's your your producer, so. Uh so cinch, let's so you know, as I've you know, this is a this is I i, I refer to uh BlockTook Radio uh as the meal as Twitter is the snack, right? So yeah everyone likes a snack, but you got to eat a meal every once in a while and that 's kind of you know we can get into the issues and debate the topics and talk about things but obviously, no one can argue with the huge unbridled success of Twitter and the social status in real time and you know blog talk radio is real time we 're real time now, but the fact of the matter is is that the world's now in short snippets and and it 's moving there, and I think that Ultimately, a long-form platform like this will endure, and as long, if it's built well and, and, and provides value, but we wanted something that was kind of real-time, but on the audio world. So we came up with Cinch, and Cinch you could find at cinchcast.com. It is we have an iPhone app; you can go into the iStore and get it at it's C-I-N-C-H. It's free, or we have now an Android app. And what Cinch is. You can you can just record something. Um, you add a photo and text, and you combine them all in one feed, and that's a cinch. And it, your those cinches get posted to cinchcast.com and to your own profile, and you can follow people, much like Twitter and friends and share and so on, but then they post it up to Facebook and Twitter. So you can record something on your iPhone and have it immediately hit Twitter and Facebook. So, so, so if I'm
3: holding my twin twins in my lap, and they both vomit on me at the same time, I can reach for my iPhone, cry bloody murder into the phone, take a picture of the spit-up on my shirt, and then that'll go right to my Facebook and Twitter. And, and then
5: I'll like it two seconds then later. And
3: will like it two seconds
5: later. Yeah, exactly. And, but no, you can actually do it, record it while they're throwing up. You can actually record that, <laughs> even better. Uh,
0: all right. right. That's the best way you to give get my parents
5: back. to come over and help. The projectile too, if you're really quick with the phone,
1: and hopefully you'll get it, it in one take.
5: All right <laughs> <Yeah, exactly. laughs> Sorry, kids, reset, but, reset. <laughs> but you know, it's 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 a fun thing. We have we really have not marked. We did a soft launch of that. You know, we, we are uh, short on engineering. We have a couple of guys that work their tails off, and and we're increasing that now. And and we're going to incorporate this into blog talk. I mean, we we want. People to use our platform and make it very easy to create content. I want you to pick up a phone at any time and update your profile, whether you're on a show or not on a show. And Cinch is that enables that to happen. You know, and and people get it delivered to the SMS. It's it's a lot of cool functionality and it's design elements that you'll see in CinchCast.com that you'll see in BlockTalk. Very open, very very clean neat, and that's where we're headed in this design.
3: And thank you for using Facebook Connect. I'm so sick of having to sign up for things all over again.
5: Yeah. Well, we're learning. Literally, you know, I have to say, it's, it's uh, we we got into this business not as web guys, uh, not as advertising guys, but as phone guys who, who came across an idea built around passion and, you know, we went about it, crazy as it maybe it is. Um, but we've done a heck of a job, I think, and, and we, you know, will continue. I think there's a lot of bright things forward because we have just an amazing community here, uh, blog talk.
0: And, Alan, tell us more in nuts and bolts in terms of is there any kind of content that you won't take I mean, what does it take to be a host and also and how many employees and does everybody work from their home?
5: Yeah, so we have, you know, about 18 employees. And most work from their home. We have a, we have an office in Manhattan, um, which is our kind of headquarters. And that's where I go a couple of days a week. And Bob, uh, my co-partner, and a couple of sales guys. And Phil Recky, a director of programming. So that's it. But, you know, our the rest of our company is remote. In fact, I know Shannon, you're on, right? Yep. Yeah, have we met? No. <laughs> <laughs> You're fired.
2: <laughs> I don't yeah. even bet
5: you. <laughs> so and uh, Christy, I, have, I have not met Christy. I have not met Shirley. I have met, I have met Amy only once. Who oh, in and, and Amy, not that I'm antisocial, please, but <laughs> we we built Blog Talk Radio. I mean, I don't know anyone in the space, so you know, most of the people that have come up that work here early on were users of the platform who you know just said look i'd love to get involved i love what you're doing so can can your i get involved you're virtual employees <laughs> we're virtual employees we yeah. we work on skype um, so i
3: i get to say something really important now which is i'm going to want up every one of your employees cuz i'm going to meet you cuz you live 3 blocks from my office <laughs>
5: okay well then uh, I, I would love that well well,
1: well we're going to meet the whole team when he flies them all in for a week in new york staying at the marriott Marquis in times square
5: what? Well, black, what I really, right. The black exactly, talk radio that.
1: company vacation?
5: <laughs> no, but what I would love to do, and I'm hopefully, again, you know, and, and as, as we develop our business and, and more people, part of our challenge is discovery. You know, we are not the coolest and slickest, but the people that use it seem to really love it and embrace it and keep doing it. And I think for us, it's our, it's so much, there's so much noise out there. That it's really hard. It's not the fanciest. It's not the shiniest tool in the draw. Um, But you know, over time, I think you know we're, we're we're making lots of progress. But I do. I would hope, and I'd love someday to have an event at some central location in the country where everyone would come in, all of our employees, our top hosts, and give out awards. You know, like do a whole. Just that it works there a fun weekend it would be amazing, and i love I work do on it. my
1: acceptance speech
5: <laughs> exactly yeah, for the leading uh All right, so you I know, have to thank God related show
1: I have to thank God my parents, my cats, and who else oh yeah Lisa right exactly like, right. not me
5: exactly so we'll, you'll be nominated for sure, but I mean just think about it a comedy, family, paranormal. It's just all these things. There's so much content going on here.
0: So, but tell us, so I mean, with the democratization of, you know, the, the, that's what social media has done. It's it's kind of leveled the playing field, um, where folks can jump in at a place like Vlog Talk Radio and create their own show. I mean, is there content that that you won't take? Are there are there hosts that you won't take? What what's the kind of criteria there?
5: Yeah. So that's you know, it's a good question, and it's something we clearly. Continually deal with right because we have major brands on the company on forget major brands we have shows like this on the network right and and you're here because it's a it's a it's a quality environment it's a good network and, and we spent a lot of time Shannon and 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 the team um, on you know looking through making sure the content suitable and look it is an open platform we're not guiding you know the F, we, we had we sometimes delete hosts and many times we do. Um, In the early days, we had one host who, you know, the early days was worse, because there we we were, you know, we didn't have a ton of hosts, and I don't want to get rid of people, right? I mean, you create a new platform, you want people to come there. You don't want to throw people away. And if, you know, because the people that come, they tell their friends, and then, you know, but nevertheless, you have to maintain a sense of, you know, there's a sense of responsibility we have, Uh, although we're not, you know, the FCC doesn't provide, you know, guidance here and oversight. But there was a show that was hosted by a very large gentleman based out of Philadelphia who turned out to be a neoconservative and he actually was a grandmaster for the kkk And uh, you know, and we would see to Google alerts you know, talking, you know, that's, that's one of the hidden things. You know, when you create shows, the, everything's indexed by Google, so we, we see it. And we're all tracking this stuff, and we get TweetDeck, right? So we see what people are tweeting about. So we very quickly we could kind of kill stuff. But this one guy was a KKK senior guy, and I went to his website. It was a, awful. It was the worst. It was Nazi, Hitler, Jew haters, you know, and, the, and, and also the 9-11 truthers, and we cut them all off. And we got threats, and you know, unbelievable. I mean, it's amazing. So we got our share. Holy crap!
1: Do they try to throw that whole freedom of speech rhetoric your way? Oh yeah. Even though they're spewing hate. Of course. Oh
5: yeah. Well, first, you know, the FCC, we're going to go after you. That's fine. I said, good. The FCC does not, you know, rule here. It's the ALL. Right. Me. So (laughs) I said, no. It's 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 one of the benefits of building the network. You know, you you decide uh we we take it we don't take it lightly though believe me uh, and 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 I'm sure
1: open speech. and I'm sure somewhere in your fine print it says like you have the the uh the right to shut people down and and yes. you know oversee the content
5: yeah we have the complete right to do that at any time it's it's in this and you know we've had cases you know another big one was the 911 truthers and i i can't you know i live 14 miles from from the world trade center uh people in my community died In the building, and and the other many other of of the dads and moms coming home, walking over the George Washington Bridge uh, to northern New Jersey uh, that afternoon, and I saw the pains and and and, and look in their faces, and to see these 911, to listen these 911 truthers that are really anti-Semites, and uh, look, they have a right to say what they want, but not on my network. Right, and we deleted them, and they of course bashed us, which you know gave us. You know, look. So they say bad publicity is you know any kind of publicity is good publicity. So right. But we are very firm on it. We we are, you know, vigilant about the content uh, on the network. And so to answer your question, you know, you were dealing with an open environment. But when you have some sort, when you have a network like this, and you do have sponsors, and there are advertisers, and there are companies, major companies using it, you have to have. Some guidelines, and, and we have that, and we spend a lot of time doing it. So look into
0: your look into your uh, look into your crystal ball here some more. In terms of where do you see where do you see social media just five years from now? What lasts? Where's Twitter? Where's Facebook? I mean, can you can you point us in the direction of, of where we're all headed?
3: And don't say robot <laughs> monkeys, please. <laughs> <laughs>
5: right. Wow, what a question. Um yeah, you know, take
3: all the time you need and hurry up.
5: <laughs> you know I I don't know it's interesting. I I think that there's Look, I have two daughters. I have three kids, okay? And one of 16 16-year-old girl and another one's a 13-year-old girl. And you know I mean, I'm not your prototypical CEO of a web startup. And um, I was sitting at dinner one day with my 16-year-old and 13-year-old. I said, you know, on Facebook, on the right side, they have those, you know, those boxes there, the advertisements. Have you ever clicked on one of those? And my older daughter's like, are you just kidding me? You get a virus when you click on those things. And my younger daughter said, you know, actually, I did click on it once by mistake, and my older daughter almost, you know, threw her out of the room. You know the the problem the kids today and the demographic is living there, but they're not paying attention to this stuff. You know, yeah. so it's very challenging. The the look the the, the web has has is, is revolutionary, of course, but it's 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 just disrupting so many industries, so much, um, so many different platforms. Um, what what happens with Twitter? Uh, I think Twitter is an amazing application. I don't know if it's an amazing business. It's it's not yet proven that it can be. They haven't
3: business. made money yet, have they?
5: No, they haven't made money. They keep raising um, money was, though. I, you know, and I was thinking about it today. I was reading something about Facebook. Uh, just raised another hundred twenty million, and there's a twenty four billion dollar valuation, or some crazy number like that, right? Right, right. right. But. Companies like Apple that that just print money, I mean, just earn tons of money, are worth hundreds of millions of dollars because of their ability to innovate and and create product and continuing to replicate that. Uh, Facebook has 400 million users, and if their revenues are $800 million a year, that means they're generating $2 a year per user. Right. Now, you know, it's got to cost quite a bit of money to, to support this infrastructure. So how much can they really make? And when they delay an IPO, what that means, and I'm a CPA from my old days in my view, is they're just, their model hasn't yet matured. And not think ready about for it. prime time, correct?
2: And, we
3: have and left-
5: if you're not ready for prime time with 400 million users, I'll tell you, you know, you give me, you know, a million users. We have a million unique visitors to Blog Radio, but you know what I'm saying? The, the, something's there. So I don't know.
0: And we keep hearing with Twitter, which is yet to happen, oh, there'll be ads in every tenth tweet possibly, or oh, we're going to sell small businesses a package of tools that we can charge you for, and that's going to really you know make this a viable business model, but nothing nothing yet.
5: Well, I mean, look, the Coke came out with promoted tweets uh, saying that it was wildly successful. Um, but you know I, I think uh, you know, when I see promoted tweets, if you see promoted tweets on a trending uh, on the trending line, on Twitter, are you going to click on it? It's like, thank you for telling me it's promoted so I don't have to click on it. Right. Exactly. So, you know, I, so I, I, look, there's some other, other macro themes, right? The world um, of becoming uh, self-publishers, more and more people, which is an amazing thing, and self-expression and self-publishing, and these platforms facilitate it. And, you know, that is obviously one of the key elements of Block talk of our platform. Um, you know, so I think that you have to add value at the end of the day for a, for a platform to survive. And, you know, and that's what we've always tried to do here. And but
3: there, I think there's just a, a veiled element to having things that are exclusively online um, that are not, like, terribly focused. Uh, what you guys do is terribly focused, in a good way. You do one thing, you do it better than anyone else. You look at the social media, you know, uh, billionaire, billion-dollar-evaluated companies out there, whether it's LinkedIn or whatever, and they do too many things. They offer consumers too many options to engage, in. they don't know what. And it's a little too narcissistic. My, my personal view on this is, and I think what one of the models that I'm trying to keep our organization uh... ingrained in a philosophy on is that the hybrid if you can manage to blend offline with online and really do that i mean i don't like the term you know click and mortar but you want to press flesh and click at the same time you're really going to build a very impassioned community and it doesn't necessarily have to be around the affinity of a disease it could be around common interests like you know cooking or dating or exercise or whatnot Um, I, I, I i question the future I mean, I'm sort of answering Lisa's question, I guess, but I question the future where how far can we go where our brain implants will do text messages and tweets with our thoughts? Is that still really going to drive change, better the culture, improve communities, and bring people together?
5: Yeah, I I agree with you. Look, I think we're in an overstimulated environment, and, uh, you know, there's just this overwhelming amount of. things going on and coming out uh, it's dizzying and, and sometimes you need to step back and kind of have a conversation and, and like this, right? and get into it, talk and debate so I just hope that the noise out there uh, you know, is not so loud that, you know, you, that the, the real conversations you know, can, can, uh, you know will, be, will be heard and not necessarily on blog talk. I'm just talking just in general um, with people um, face-to-face and one another. Um, but it's, it's really an interesting phenomenon because the brands uh, clearly are moving into the social media space, uh, the digital space, big dollars, ad dollars are starting to come here. Um, they're experimenting. It's a good, good thing, if, but, you know, they're not clicking on banner ads, people. So what are they, what, where are they going to put their money? Right. If if, if banner ads are one tenth of one percent in terms of success rate, well, where's the money going to go? You know, so couldn't have said it better be myself. Yeah. What's that?
3: I said I couldn't have said it better myself.
5: Yeah. So, uh, you know, and 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 again, I think that in particular the farm the, the 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 pharma space. We did some work with WebMD recently where we helped enable some conversations with one of the um, Richard Cohn, who, who uh, Meredith Vera's husband, who you may be familiar sure, with.
2: Sure, yeah, um, mm-hmm.
5: right. So on WebMD, it's a great uh, series of of interviews where he interviewed people that had uh, uh, chronic illnesses, and
0: he has and MS it was really and and a, cancer as well.
5: Yes, yeah, yeah, he yeah, had cancer, right? And it's an amazing yeah. story. It's uh, Broken Places um, on WebMD. You should check it out, or have your community, you know, have your audience. And Maybe I'll, I'll put it into the chat room right here now. And it's really great stuff, and and I love the fact that they they went ahead and, and did this, and you know, and you know, and I would like the farmer space to get into this more and more, if we could if we could figure out a way to do that, and maybe so Alan, can just, help.
0: I have to ask you this, Alan, because uh, he's not only CEO of the company, he has his own show. Uh, who's who's your ideal guest for your show?
5: Who's my ideal guest for my show?
0: Who haven't you gotten on your show that you (laughs) are dying to interview? I
3: accept the invitation.
5: (laughs) You you accept the invitation. The
0: ego speaks.
5: (laughs) Yeah, no, I've had a lot of great guests on my show. I haven't really, you know, I, 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 you know, obviously someone like Larry David, I mean, I, I have some huge fans, but some of my interviews that I did do, uh, have been really wonderful, one of them I just recently did was les wonderman um the ceo of uh, w p p uh the founder of w p p the fo- yeah. the agency
2: yeah. which
5: is really an amazing interview and and he this guy who's like the father of the grandfather of the pioneer of direct marketing, invented such things as the american express card he invented the one eight hundred number I mean, think about it you know and so just talking to him, um, Andrew Morton, David Baldacci, I interviewed Duncan Hunter, presidents. I've had some great interviews. I love doing the interviews. I wish I, and, I, and I hope to have, you know, in my next life, I'll just be radio host. That would be my vocation. <laughs> I love it. I, I enjoy doing it. And uh, sometimes it's a little hectic, but I, I have to, you know. But uh, I will, uh, the Stupid Cancer Show will definitely have to get on the docket. I'm
3: all for that. I know Shannon's been pretty quiet, but do you have anything else to add about how great I am?
5: I'm sorry, how great Alan (laughs) is? Yeah, Shannon, you're not saying anything, Shannon. (laughs) I'm just
4: listening. I'm just listening.
1: Were you being paid to compliment him the whole show? (laughs) You haven't said anything.
3: (laughs) Yeah, you get to live in your SpongeBob SquarePants pajamas all day.
4: That's right. That's pretty valuable in and of itself. Better than the Black talk uniform. (laughs) (laughs)
5: well i I will say that that one of the things that you know- because Blockbook radio is built on the foundation the foundation is built on my dad's illness with cancer um, there's a connection that a lot of people i and I've been told you know some some sort of spiritual connection that uh they've they've gotten with their audiences and, and and maybe with the foundation of it being built on top of this you know it's... It's given me an opportunity to think of my father so much more. Of course, you know, uh, which I think about him every day. But, but uh... others have said that that you know, look, as you know, I mean, the illness is just so terrifying, and it's so it's all encompassing. And and you know, when to be able to talk about things is important. So
3: well, on that note, we actually have to wrap. We like going over on the show. We even though we, uh, I remember when we started, uh, Demos was like, oh, just pick 60 minutes, and like. Fifty-eight minutes later, we're like, crap, we're going to run over. So we switch it to 90 minutes. So we just do 90 minutes and say it's a 60-minute show. But okay. we, we definitely want to have you back because you make our numbers look good and for no other reason than that.
5: <laughs>
3: but, uh, well, to, thank to you, you very
5: much for having me.
3: Yeah, I was going to say, to use like just a cliched euphemism, you've clearly made lemonade from lemons. I'm sure your father uh, would be very proud of you. And thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to be the change we needed to have happen for our generation of cancer survivors.
5: You thank you very Thanks, much, Alan. all of you. Okay, take care. Thanks for coming Be on. Be well.
3: We'll talk to you soon. All right, and Alan you. Levy and uh, Shannon Yay. Dingy. Gigi Bomber. I can't help But, uh, wow, another great show. Yes, it was.
1: Totally great show. So excited. So, Matt, I want... I'm John. sorry, Lisa, go ahead.
0: No, just great points about social media, too, and the connection. And it's just fascinating that, again, coming back to as as he said, to have that born out of the connection um, to a shared experience for somebody going through an illness. And here we are.
3: Exactly. Exactly. I love this show. I love doing this show. I love this is part of my job. I have so much fun. We have great guests. The chat room was on fire tonight. We're so happy to have this community Definitely. I think I'll go for a walk outside (laughs) summertime's count. All right. Anyway, on that note, anything else?
1: I got one thing to report, Matt. Hurry up. You know how in many of your tweets, you know, speaking of Twitter and everything, you like to take these cancer stories and say, you know, news from opposite land and, you know, Captain Obvious and stuff like that? How I spin them? Right. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to report that we're going to have to cancel one of our stupid cancer happy hours. Why is that? Well, and this comes straight from WTF land. This is something that was in the news today. Saudi men and women sentenced to flogging and prison for mingling at a party. Oh, boy. And the article says that there was 11 men and 4 women between the ages of 30 and 40 years old who were sentenced to an unspecified number of lashes and one- or two-year prison terms because they were found mingling at a party. All right, so we have to shut down Stupid Cancer Riyadh. So so Stupid Cancer Happy Hour in Saudi Arabia's are going to be suspended indefinitely. Okay. But that's
3: oh, the world you. we live in, folks. On that horrible note, Lisa, you take care of yourself, and we'll see you next week.
0: See you,
1: boys.
3: Bye-bye. All right, All right. thanks, everyone. Now it's time for our closing sequence.
1: Prepare to activate. Uh, I hear there's rumors on the uh, Internet's. You ever seen a grown man naked? And so, to all of you, a fond farewell.
3: Hooray, I'm helping. You are a meathead. Oh, Magoo, have <laughs> you
1: done it again?
2: <laughs> that
3: was so terrible, I think you
2: gave me cancer.
1: All right, folks.
3: That's tonight's show. I hope you had as much fun as we did poking a stick at stupid cancer. Love. I'd like to thank our guests in-studio, Karima Batts. On the air, Shannon Dingy and Alan Levy from the Blog Talk Radio Network. Next week's show, a very special broadcast on bereavement in spouses. And in our angel spotlight, Jennifer Owen. I Carissa hamilton Griminus from Bricks for Young Adults. And Julie Larson, returning champion from Cancer Care. If you've missed any of our past that's shows, that's check that's out that's the archives at stupidcancershow.com or search for stupid cancer on the iTunes Store. Remember, if it's not stupid, it's not cancer. We'll see you all back here next week live from the Chemo Deck. Jack Lufard, Lisa Bernhard, Amanda Freeman, Captain Snooping, and I wish you all a great week. Go to bed, Dawn, from North Carolina to New Jersey. Fire out. out.
2: I don't hurt anymore.